This morning's Bible reading is from the Gospel of St. Luke and tells the story of Jesus in the synagogue in Nazareth. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everybody in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Morning, everybody. Morning. Morning. Well, um, Pat hasn't given the game away. If you're thinking, I'm sure I've seen that face somewhere... It's possible that you might know me from the local surgery because I'm a GP just down the road and have been for the last 25 years. But trouble is that I don't actually recognise everybody, so you've got more of a chance of recognising me than I've got of recognising you. One day, a West Country farmer was asked, he was an occasional churchgoer, was asked by a member of the congregation afterwards, making polite conversation as to whether he preferred the vicar speaking or the curate. And the farmer thought a moment and he said, well, I think I prefer as the curate because when the curate says, in conclusion, he do conclude. (laughs) But when the vicar says, fine, lastly, he do last. I promise not to last too long. Well, good news. Who likes good news? Everyone? If you don't like good news, can I have your share, please? I was uh, driving around Reading two weeks ago uh, doing some much-needed shopping on a Saturday afternoon. Being Reading born and bred, I sort of follow Reading Football Club, a glutton for punishment. So I turned on to BBC Radio Berkshire and the, the, the tones were subdued and they were hushed. And Reading were losing 2-0. So I turned the radio straight back off, uh, got on with my business, came home, checked the football scores later. And to my amazement, Reading had actually turned it around and scored three goals in the last ten minutes, last eight minutes, I think it was, and won 3-2. Repeated the trick the following week and won yesterday as well, quite handsomely. So I'm wondering what's going on. All of which was good news to me. But absolutely pales into insignificance, of course, besides the the births of George and Grace and Jake. Now, I bet that if you were family, uh, you were an uncle or uh, or a grandparent, when you got that call from Labour Ward saying, you're an uncle again, or you're a grandparent again, I bet you didn't go, oh, another one. 
Oh, more birthdays to remember, more Christmas presents expense. So I bet you went home with a warm glow and, uh, and, uh, and went to bed just smiling. So it's great news that, uh, for, that we have the lives of George and, and Grace and Jake. And can we add our own congratulations here at St. Matthew's to, to the families as well. And thank you for allowing us to join in. Now, if church is about as familiar to you as the set of the command, you know, the command deck of the spaceship Enterprise, you might be wondering what all this is about this morning. Because all of these uh, amazing promises and things like that, what are they all about? How, is, how can we help? How can we be good news to George and, and Grace and Jake? And why have the families done this? Why have the families come here to actually present the babies for baptism? Well, I'm guessing that there may be more than one reason. For example, family traditions and things like this. But I'm guessing that at some level, it's because you sense that, uh, that actually that the Christian faith can have something to offer them as they, as they grow up. And since, of course, I'm stood up here, it will come to you as no surprise that, uh, that I would agree with that as well. I'm sure that they can. And I think that it can be a very positive influence. But how? The Bible reading that we've just heard this morning mentioned good news. And I'd like to take you back and we can do a little bit of time travel together into first century Palestine. So Jesus is about 30. He's in the prime of his life. He's a local, local being up north, so he probably speaks with a northern accent. Lately, though, he's changed career and he's become a preacher. So he's been going around some of the local area and spending most of his time in a small neighbouring town. But this day, he's been invited back to his home synagogue to speak. And he goes, walks to the front and he picks up the, what's called the Isaiah scroll, it's a long scroll, rolls it all the way down to the bottom and starts reading the passage that we've just heard together. The Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Well, what does that mean? It needs a little bit of translating. Sometimes it's referred to as Jesus' manifesto. So here it is, in short. Open eyes, change lives, and good news to poor people. Point one, to open eyes, because there's another way of looking at the world. You know, I know what it's like. Most of us spend so much of our time with our noses glued to the grindstone, don't we? That we hardly ever have time to actually look up, look around. But just now and again, some of us get around to asking, what's it all about? There must be a little bit more life to this, surely. But generally speaking, what happens is we don't know how to action it. And things crowd in again, so it gets shoved to one side until the next time it crops up. And then it gets shoved to one side again. Well... If that's, if that's you, if you identify with that, uh, I have a small suggestion, which is, 
don't shove it aside. Um, here at St Matthew's we run Alpha courses quite regularly and that's quite a good way of investigating it in a friendly environment over food. Manifesto point two is change lives because although we all look very good and suited and booted today, um, a lot of I can teach, I can show you people whose lives have been turned around. For example, our, our very own Pads here, who looks absolutely perfect and resplendent, was once um, a money orientated businessman only a dozen years ago. And he would never have dreamt before he had an encounter in the middle of nowhere in South Africa that he would end up doing what he's doing today. I could take you out to the hall. One of the guys who's running Kids Church today, Chris, was a wild boy um, who nearly destroyed his marriage with alcohol, but found to his amazement that it wasn't quite such a lot of bunk as he thought it was. And that's now a few years ago as well. You don't have to have a a slightly suspect past, though, or a colourful past, I promise you. Um, I made my own Christian commitment aged 15 or 14, can't remember exactly now, it's a few years ago. Um, And I didn't really have time to get up to much. But I can tell you one thing, that I wouldn't be running a Christian charity two days a week if I wasn't, if I hadn't already made that commitment. Which brings us on to point three. Manifesto point three, which is to be good news to, uh, to the poor. I bet you didn't know that there are over 30 Christian charities in Reading. They feed the homeless, they rehabilitate drug addicts, they help prostitutes, um, they look after abused women, they give debt advice, benefits advice, loads and loads of things that, that happen. Who staffs them? Or perhaps more to the point, why? Well, the answer is that that Jesus gave this commission to every generation of his followers that as they they live out their lives, that they live out his manifesto and that they themselves become good news to the poor. So back to George and Grace and Jake as we start to wrap up. What are your dreams for their future? Like every parent, every set of families, I'm sure that you want them to grow up happy and content and confident and healthy and strong. May I add one to them? May I add one to those? Because we'll pray shortly that that is what happens. That they themselves, as they grow up and perhaps influenced by the Christian faith, that they themselves will grow up to be good news to the world around them. And that they will be a blessing to everyone they meet in as much as they are already a blessing to their families and parents and extended families right now today. So to all of you who have been brave enough to come to St Matthew's today... There is a welcome for you here and an open door always. And with that, I will conclude.